welcome to Not A Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 23, The Last of the Really Odd Lovers. Nathan is back. Oh, yeah. We're really depressed about so it. So Woody Harrelson's Nathan is back, and it's terrible. <laughs> um, but so is uh, the video store guy, Scott, who I was surprised by, Scott. The 23 and 3 quarters year old. <laughs> <laughs> So he returns. Yeah, this is a very couple-focused episode of Will and Grace, which mm-hmm. is nice, but, you know. Yeah. The, oh. the, the other half of the couple is not ideal. Yes, and uh, Val returns yes. from, uh, from Molly Shannon fame. This is a very big guest star-heavy episode. Yes, so shall we read the episode description? Sounds good. Okay. <clears throat> Anxieties plague the romance between Grace and the annoying Nathan, parentheses Woody Harrelson, and between Will and a much younger guy. No mention of Val at all. How rude. I know. How rude. How rude. Um, I actually like this episode a lot. Yeah, um, it was pretty funny. For as terrible as Nathan is, I think that he brings a good comic element to the show. Yes. Even if it's sort of like cringe comedy. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, there's this very long, prolonged scene in which he's in the elevator with Will and he sneezes on Will. To win the quiet game. To win the quiet game. I think if you sneeze, that you lose the quiet game. I agree. Yeah. Sneezing is noise. Yeah. Also, who has to play the quiet game with someone in their 30s? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, unless there is, like, some developmental disability that prevents you from, like, knowing when it is appropriate to be quiet, like... He probably has one of those, like, brain tumors that's, like, pressing on the wrong part of his amygdala. Maybe. You know. I still don't feel bad for him. I don't <laughs> like him. I don't like I don't like Nathan at all. Yeah, I, he's a really weird character. I'm annoyed that we're seeing him again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does give us this really funny, very comedy-driven plot line. Yes. So, uh, basically, we see both Will and Grace uh, not tell each other about the people they're dating mm-hmm. and, like, tr- start to bring it up a couple of times. But they're embarrassed about it. Like, it's yes. not even like they think the other person will hate them. They think that later. Yes. But at the beginning, they're just like, oh, I'm so embarrassed to be dating this 23-year-old. Or, I'm so embarrassed to be dating, like, the this- building's slob. Right. Yeah. So, Will and Grace are both, like, they attempt to, like, tell the other person, like... Oh my god, I'm dating this person. But mm-hmm. each time they will start, like the other one's like, "Ugh, I can't believe that that guy sneezed on me in the <laughs> elevator." Or, "Ugh, I got it. I had to deal with that little twerp at the video store again." That was a good uh, reveal for me because I was like, you know, I mean, like Will obviously would have interacted with Nathan, but I was not expecting Grace to have interacted with uh, Scott because mm-hmm. I forgot that, like, you know, it's there's literally dial-up in this episode. Oh my god, Sorry, there's dial-up in this episode, everybody. Oh my god, it was Matthew didn't realize, like, recognize the noise at first. He's like, "What is happening?" And I thought it was something with the DVD, and I was like, "No, hun, it's dial-up. Like, he's getting on the <laughs> internet." <laughs> but it, um, like, I forgot how essential the video store would have to be in their lives yeah. at this point in time. There's no Netflix, so obviously Grace would know the video store guy. Yes, so um, Twerpy so Scott. So they both like complain about the other person's date, and then the other one's like, ah, "I'm not gonna mention it," like. Yep. And it's, it's just really uncomfortable, and you kind of feel bad for them because they're so embarrassed that they're dating these people. But it's so funny. But it's super funny. Well, and it's funny especially because, like, they're both inappropriate for the other person in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Nathan is more inappropriate oh, because, yes. like, he is their age, and, like, he's still, like, this child. Whereas, yeah. like, Scott seems like a relatively well-adjusted young man. But he's 23 and three quarters. He's got a sense of humor about the fact that they have an age difference. Right. And he it's seems just, really into him. Right. The problem is just that Will is uncomfortable, so he shouldn't be dating him. Right. Is the thing. Scott's super into it. Yeah, he doesn't seem to mind. Scott has, like, a daddy thing. Ew. Sorry. Ew. Clearly does. I, I shouldn't say clearly. Will doesn't look that old. I'm gonna go take a shower. I would argue Will Truman looks like he's in his late 20s. Yeah. 
Like, the character of Will is clearly, like, in his 30s. I don't know how old Eric McCormick is at this point in his career. Well, if I remember correctly, uh, the last time we saw Scott, he's like, what, you're, like, what, 27? Right. And and Will's like, yes, yes, I am. Right, right. Like, I think, like, obviously they've moved past that point since they've been dating long enough. But, like, right. I think that, like, very clearly, like, Will could date someone that age. It's mm-hmm. not that inappropriate. It's just, like, there is a big difference and there's a big, like, generation gap, mm-hmm. you know? And if you're able to get through that, that's great. Happy, belated, Mary Felicians, whatever. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I was going for Mary Felicitations. There we go. There it is. <laughs> but Will can't, so it's not an appropriate relationship. Mary Felicians. <laughs> I think that's something that gays have before marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um. So yeah, but yeah, they both just shouldn't be dating these people because they're so embarrassed about these people mm-hmm. but they seem very drawn to them and like Will's seems like a legit thing like he's just attracted to this person he likes him but he isn't comfortable with dating mm-hmm. a toddler right but Grace like genuinely seems to hate Woody Harrelson yeah. but like can't stop making out with him and I'm like girl, girl. <laughs> you gotta go you cannot be this thirsty be like, gone girl yeah like just fucking no like get some fucking holy water and just like like you're fucking straight like you have th- seriously Will has an excuse okay yeah. there's a limited well not that limited in New York but a proportionally limited dating pool uh-huh of- there's no online dating yet you literally have to be referred right so Grace can just like literally like, walk out of the street and be like Hello, I have boobs, and like at least five guys would be interested in that. I do remember. Uh, speaking of that, my freshman roommate was a lovely person uh, when I was in college, and she mm-hmm. literally looked at me once and she's like, "I don't ever need to masturbate. I have tits. If I want to have sexual gratification, I just need to walk out into the world and be like, I have tits, and like eight guys will be like, okay, right." That's and, all that, like, straight guys need. Right. Like, that's literally Grace's situation. Like, and instead, she's like letting this gross dude like. Kiss her on the belly button. Oh my god, that was so fucking weird. He like blew a raspberry and then made out with her. Ugh. Ugh. His lips had been on her belly button. And like not in like a sexy way. No. Like it would have been one thing if his lips had been on her belly button and he was like kissing his way down to eat her pussy, but like... In the hallway, that would have been kind of hot. Yeah. But a little hotter than I think network TV could handle. Probably. But like, no! The other thing I really loved about the comedy in this episode is that it kept, kept featuring... Karen yes. interjecting herself in the plot line. Like, when Will and Scott are on their date, like, they have this little, like, vaudeville bit where, like, there's, like, like old-timey music playing, and Karen, like, walks past the window and then, like, walks back and then, like, grabs a stranger and, like... <laughs> and, like, starts miming, like, rocking yes. a baby. Yes. Like, although, admittedly, I'm pretty positive that uh, Scott is showing Will his Game Boy at the table. Fair. So, like, fair. fair point. And then the other one is, like, Karen ends up in the elevator with Nathan... And, like, Nathan's like, oh, I would hit on you harder, but I have a thing for this redhead in nine. Mm-hmm. And Karen just, like, loses her shit. She's like, redhead? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just, like, so tickled by this. So then... It's, it's such a little thing, but I feel like it just really, like, it sells the episode for me. It's like... Yes. We thought, like, okay, how can... We have these two characters who are doing this. How can we fit Karen in here? Let's do her the exact right amount. Yes. And then it gets even better because then Karen calls and is like, I have a surprise for you guys. Right. And so then Grace gets so anxious because she is aware that Karen got into the elevator with Woody Harrelson. So she's so she t- she confesses right. to Will. I'm dating Sneezy. Yes. And Will <laughs> is, like, unaware that Karen has seen him with Scott. Right. So he's like, Grace, I can't believe you'd hurt me like this. <laughs> 
And like Grace And then Karen comes back and has no intention of revealing either of those things. No, Karen She's like, I bought a diamond ring that she, you really love. She's like, Grace, do you remember that ring that we saw when we were walking down Fifth Avenue one day mm-hmm. and you were like, I would love to own a ring like this someday. Well, I bought it for myself. Like, <laughs> And so then Grace is like, understandably pretty pissed that she confessed about Nathan right. when she could have not done it. And Karen's like, oh, honey, I would never do that. Besides, it'd be like, and then she like makes some joke about like the mouseketeer that Will is dating and then just leaves. <laughs> so, so then like Grace like turns to look at Will and Will's like hiding. <laughs> like he's ducked behind the counter. Poor Will. And then, like, he's, like, trying to, like, backpedal all the things he was trying to get Grace to agree to do. Right. Uh, You know what? I can get the dry cleaning. Oh, my God. It's just super funny. This episode was also funny for me because dating people older or younger than themselves is one of your rules for dating that you don't do. Yeah, Like, Tess will not date someone unless they're, like, exactly her age. And it's really weird. No, 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 no. I have a very specific rule. And the rule is that we have to have feasibly been able to go to high school together. So they can only be three years younger than me or three years older than me. Okay, but you've really, really, like, been, like, okay, like, people who are on the outer edge of that spectrum, people are like, oh, I don't know, they're so young. And it's mm-hmm. like, they're 24, you're 27, I get mean, over it. And I'm not 27 yet, so. Oh, you're not. Suck. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're not. God damn it, really? <laughs> I just, like, forget that, like, where your birthday falls. Yeah, it's not for another month. Yeah, that's right, you are only 26. I'm only 26. One more month. Yep. Sorry. Oh my god. Um, I'm thinking of myself as 28 already. That's the problem. Uh, you know, one time I did that, like, but I was like a full two years mm-hmm. ahead because it was like the age you were about to be. Yeah. So I was 23 and I'm like, I'm about to be 25. Incorrect. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like in my like the last couple of years in my brain, like once like the summer is over, I'm already like the next year older. I'm nope. like, you know, I'm, I'm 28 now. Especially now that I'm back in school. It's like once yeah. the school year starts, I'm like, nah, I'm 27. Yeah. But I'm not actually 27. That's right. You're not 27. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Now you did 23 and three quarters year old. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I just like, and I've tried it. Like I've gotten shade from you on it. So I have like, okay, let's put aside these qualms. Like I went out with that 22 year old last year and she was fucking crazy. Well, okay. She like, started calling me incessantly when I was like, I'm speaking at a conference. I won't be around this weekend. And she's like, I'm staying at my sister's. Do you want to come over and cuddle? And I was like, no. Okay. Admittedly, that person was crazy. <laughs> okay. But I think it's just like an age thing. I think as we get older, the people are going to get less crazy. Like I doubt we're, that. We're not crazy now, proportionally. I'm very crazy. So when you're, how old would you be? When you're turning 30, you wouldn't date a 26 year old? Probably not. Yeah, that doesn't sound like you, evidently. Mm-mm. I don't know. Just, just, just like my thing. I prefer people around my own age. I actually prefer people older than me, which, like, I know is stupid, but, like, even, like, a difference of a few months, like, is noticeable to me. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you were a young kid in our grade. Like, you were born <laughs> in 91. Like, mm, I, mm-hmm, I see. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> and I'm like, I know this is nuts and irrational, but at the same time, it's like, I it's absolutely nuts and absolutely irrational. <laughs> but I noticed. I could feel it. I'm like, oh, you weren't conceived in the 80s. <laughs> you weren't conceived as the, as the bell struck on New Year's. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. No, but genuinely, I think I'm a New Year's baby. I, you, that math makes sense. The math makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I, I was born a few days late. Yep. So. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Did I tell you that my mom didn't realize that sperm could live outside the body for up to like five days? And I'm like, I said that to her, and she's like, oh my god, that's how I got pregnant with your sister. And I'm like, mom! Because, <laughs> like, literally her thing was, she was like, well, you know, like, I don't understand 
understand how I got pregnant with your sister, Kathy, because I had just had my period. And I'm like, well, you know, sperm can live outside the body for like, you know, up to a week in certain circumstances. And she's like, what? I'm like, mom. (laughs) Ah, lack of sex ed strikes again. I'm just like, I know you went to Catholic school, but why were you using condoms if you didn't want a baby? And she's like, I just had my period. And I'm like, you're dumb. This is why I have two sisters. Oh, boy. Yeah. Let's talk about Jack this week. Oh my god, so Val comes back, as we mentioned. So Val is back this week. Yeah, I was glad to see her. I didn't think you were going to get her this season. I'm not really sure why. She's just, I love how she like does like these once a season appearances. Yeah, but like every time she does an appearance, it feels like, this one, not as much, but like it felt like last time, like, okay, now we're never going to see Val again. Mm-hmm. But here she is knocking on Jack's door, looking for soup and tuna she's so looking, she can make dinner. She's looking for canned good donations. And then she's like, Jack, do you want to come over for dinner? And he's like, sure, what you making? And she's like... Soup and tuna. <laughs> and he's like, oh, rain check. Which involved like the best like hand motion like ever. The, the little like, like rain, rain coming down rain and then coming an actual down check. And then a check. Like, oh my God, it was Definitely going to use that in real life. That was amazing. It was almost like, the check was so good, it was almost like dabbing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jack invented dabbing. I want wow. that I want that written down. Jack McFarlane, inventor of dabbing. Will and Grace writers, free idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so basically... While she is doing this, like, Jack mentioned something about Jack 2001, his Mm -hmm. one-man show. Right. And Val isn't familiar, and so then Jack, you know, kind of, like, circles through all the names that this show has had, you know, Jack 2000, soon to be Jack 2002, (laughs) formerly known as Just Jack, and she's like, oh, Just Jack, no, I never made it to that. Mm -hmm. So she's like, are there tickets available? And he's like, oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, she kind of, like, falls in love with it and him, and, like, we, what we get is kind of like a weird, like, bizarro world parallel of, like, the other romantic plot where, like, it's someone who's not appropriate, but, like, they're not actually dating. Val's just crazy. Yes. She, so, like, stays for every show, mm-hmm. then, like, shows up in his apartment, then shows up in his bed. Like, shows up in his bed, possibly wearing his pajamas. Yes, definitely wearing his pajamas. With, like, a vial of his bath water around her yeah. neck or something. Like, I live here. It's like, you do not! So, like, it's clearly a parody of all these, like, celebrity stalkers or whatever. Yeah. And then there's there's kind of a throwaway line about Jack being in the bushes outside of Kevin Bacon's apartment and noticing that, <laughs> that, that Val is in the, in the bushes bush. behind him. <laughs> and, like, she's, oh my god, there's also a bit at the show where she's like, Jack signed my chest. And then, like, pulls her dress down a little bit to show that Jack had signed her boob. And she shows it to this guy and he's like, can I see it again? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah. And then he's like... Can I see it again? And she's like, this keeps happening. And then they cut away and come back and it's still happening. Really good at the cutaway gags this week. Oh my God. The cutaway gags were great. And so like, so Val is just like, so yeah. So Val is like totally insane and super obsessed. And like Jack is like, oh my God, get out. And like has to like bodily throw her from his <laughs> apartment at one point. And then like the, the kicker we get at the end is... Val showing up at his apartment again and being like, okay, you've left me like 15 messages. What's going on? And Jack is just like, oh my God, I need you to come back to the show. It's not the same without you. And she's like, no, no, I'm over that part of my life, Jack. And then she throws him out of his apartment. And then there's, this, switch. there's this awkward moment where he like, like knocks. And then she's like, oh, sorry. And then they're like, both shamefully like trade places. Oh, oh Val. I hope we see you again next season. It's very funny. Um, but all that said, now because I am the type of person who does violence prevention, I, I must, I must remind... And now let's bring the mood way down. I must remind everyone that st- stalking jokes aren't funny. 
And this isn't actually how most stalking works. Like, it's very rare that someone, like, stalks a celebrity or a pseudo-celebrity. It's Mm -hmm. much more likely to be someone that, like, the person knows. Right. Or, like, uh, it's typically, like, a romantic partner or former romantic partner. And, like, I think it's, like... I don't want to say it's necessarily one in four, but it's a pretty large number of, like, women are stalked. And it's just... It's not really funny. Like, I understand they're using it for comedic effect here, but... Like, it's actually really scary to be stalked. And, uh, so let's maybe not make fun of it so much. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, it was funny in this episode because it was such an unbelievable situation. Mm-hmm. But, like, when it's, like, a real situation, it's it's really scary. And- well, and also, like, in this particular episode, like, Nathan is, like, not at actual stalker level, but, like, he seems like the kind of person who might mm-hmm. get there. Yeah. So it's kind of an uncomfortable balance where, like, you got this, like, cartoonish stalking that is, like, Funny, but also, like, problematic. Right, but, like, Nathan is... But you've also got a character who is really creepy and, like, Mm -hmm. feels that level of Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that's kind of how actual stalking tends to look, is a lot more like a really persistent romantic interest through someone who's really into you that you're not necessarily... Someone who won't take no for an answer. Yeah, and so, like, that's the thing, is, like, well, we're having this whole, like, ha-ha funny stalking plotline, we're actually seeing, like, one that resembles a stalking Mm plotline that we're not really giving any weight to, and, like, that was kind of a bummer to me. Yeah. As a person who's, like, you know, done that work before. So that mm-hmm. kind of sucked. But, I mean, on the one hand, I guess it gave us an opportunity to talk about it. So, That's like, true. in general, yeah. Unfortunately, stalking is just not as widely discussed as uh, issues like sexual assault and dating violence. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much up there with those. When I assume it must be comorbid is probably not the right term with that. But, I mean, but yeah, they overlap. It, it, it does tend to overlap, um, especially with dating and domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times stalking happens with, like, a former romantic partner or someone who's, like, interest has been, like, rejected or whatever. Right. And it's obviously, like, an obvious precursor. Like, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Right. And those things tend to go hand in hand, especially in the... Um, sense of like dating violence like um it's like a statistic that you know once you end an abusive relationship is like the most dangerous time for people because you tend to be like at risk of being stalked and you're also at risk of being murdered Mm -hmm. so like yeah stalking's really not funny you guys (laughs) (laughs) sorry to bring down the mood but it's not good so well to, to try to level out the mood, let's talk a little bit about the conclusions of the episode and how it leads up to our finale, which is next week. Yes, okay. So, the at the end of the episode, Will and Grace talk about, like, okay, like we don't feel comfortable with these people, we should break up with them. Mm-hmm. And in classic TV fashion, we get a lovely scene where Will and Scott agree to go their separate ways. Yes. And then we immediately smash cut to Grace and Nathan making it out. Yes. Because Grace can't break up with him because, because TV reasons. Television, I, yeah. So obviously what we're going into in the finale is Grace and Nathan dating and probably will be upset about it because he's a good person. Yes, so we'll see how, where that goes. It's an hour-long finale, so yes. I'm excited about so that. so we'll have a double episode-ish. <laughs> somewhere somewhere in the double-ish range. So I guess we'll see what happens. I'm not thrilled that Woody Harrelson's coming back, but mm-hmm. with an hour-long episode, the potential that he might never come back after this is high, but probably not as high as it should be. Because I guess I kind of thought that way at the end of last season, too, and that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's one thing that Will and Grace tends to do with their finales is that, like, a lot of things don't just end in the finale. Mm-hmm. They do tend to bring them back in the season premiere. So. That's a very interesting trait of the show. I do mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It's, like, it brings everything to, like, a big conclusion, but then, like, there's, like, fallout for, like, four or five more episodes. Yeah. So. But... So yeah, so after the, we're going to do the finale episode next week, it'll be a double episode. Then, as we mentioned last week, we're going to do kind of a season three wrap-up, mm-hmm. season nine kickoff celebration, and then we're going to take a couple weeks off, during which we will be talking about the revival. Yes. 
um, what we really decided is that the revival is important and we don't want to ignore it. We also don't want to like not cover season four, five, yeah. six, you we, know. We don't want to leave you will and graceless. So just because the way the timing works out, it gives us a good opportunity to kind of like get our feet wet, mm-hmm. figure out what makes the most sense for us to do, whether it's just live tweeting, whether we want to throw up a reaction video. Mm-hmm. Feel, get a sense for what we have the ability to do. I mean, we have other things in our lives besides this podcast. Uh-huh. Not many, but... Not know. many, but, you know, so a <laughs> couple things. One, one or two. One or two things. Um, <laughs> so we got to figure out what makes the most sense with our schedules. But uh, in some capacity, you'll be seeing coverage of both season four and season nine from mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. All right. Well... Awesome. So speaking of live tweeting the new season, Matthew, do you want to tell people where they can find us on social media? Sure. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Not A Couple Show. That's where we will probably be live tweeting the premiere and all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook. We're uh, there as Not A Couple Podcast. We're um, on Tumblr. You can send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes or Podbean. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for listening, you guys. And we'll see you next week. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Meow. Hey, Liza. Are you ready for the finale? Meow. This week's episode of Not a Couple was brought to you by New York City Video Stores. You keep getting older, but the cashiers stay the same age.